Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nhte.net. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Los Angeles, my guest is a singer-songwriter who is a voting Grammy member who co-wrote the song Childhood Sweethearts with Randy Travis. She toured with Johnny Rodriguez as a kid and worked with some of the biggest names in country music, such as Waylon Jennings, Tom T. Hall, and Mickey Newberry. She grew up in a showbiz family and was a child actress and still acts today. You've been hearing a song of hers called Is There More to Life Than This? It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Bonnie Paul. Hi. Hi, Bonnie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Absolutely. I always like to start off by having the guest talk about their song that we played during the intro. So in this case, tell the listeners all about the song, Is There More to Life Than This? Well, Is There More to Life Than This? Um... I was sitting down. Well, actually, I was I was actually jogging, and something came to mind about: Is there more to life than this? And I started to sing into my phone, and I came up with this idea about we're all questioning. And then I realized, well, you know what? It's actually pretty simple. We really do have everything in life. When we just mm-hmm. look around, we look at our children, just grateful for our health. And I thought, well, this could be a really good song. And that's how wow. I came up with that song. Wow. Are you someone that is that is a very you know contemplative, deep thinker type of person to to uh, you know the the whole is there more to life than this? I know that everybody gets that at some point, but but just kind of introducing you to the listeners who are who are just finding out about Bonnie Paul is, is that kind of uh, your mindset, or is it you know what Bruce? It just popped into my head as I was running. No, I, actually, I'm a very spiritual person. I, I'm I'm pretty deep, and I do I do um, think a lot, and I'm always always thinking about the moment, um, enjoying the moment, and 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 trying to stay in that moment because you know we do go ahead of ourselves, and I do I do sometimes do that. But I'm a very deep thinker. I do think a lot, and like to kind of be grateful for everything that I do have at, at the moment. Now, I'm, I'm, I have this vision of you being out for a run and the song pops into your head. But what I'm wondering is, you know, how does that go? Because you said that you made some notes into your phone. Do you generally come up with lyrics first? Do you come up with a title? Do you do like the melody and the lyrics usually come to me all at once? How, how, what is, what is that? I'll, I'll use the common phrase nowadays. What is your workflow? <laughs> 
<laughs> my workflow. Well, I'm an Aquarian, so I'm very eclectic. It comes all at once. I could be wow. jogging and I go, oh my goodness, it just, it all just, the melody and just like the story all comes at once, but then I'll just stop for a second and just, I'll sing the melody into my iPhone. And, and then later on I'll, I'll, I'll come into the house and then I'll just start writing the story and then I'll come up with what, you know, that, that's how I kind of do it first really, but it, it really all comes at once. But I wonder though, do you, is, is it a case of, because, you know, singing it into your phone it, it conjures up images of, okay, it's there and it's saved. And whenever I get time or whenever I'm ready to sit down and do some writing or whenever I remember that, oh yeah, the other day when I was out for a run, it came up with a song idea. Or is it, no, I, I, I generally, if I'm thinking of something while I'm out doing that, I go home and I got to, I got to stick with it while it's in my head. I got to get right, get right out oh. writing it. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I go, I come in the house and then I actually finish it and then I call up my producer and I, and I go and I do it and I record it. Wow. I wow. do. I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, I think I, I have a unique, a unique way of, um, of doing the process of, of the, of songwriting. Cause I come up with a song all the time and I, and I, I do about three songs, maybe four songs a year. I like to record and I like to put it out there. Well, <laughs> I'm thinking yeah. of, I'm thinking yeah. of the, uh, the, 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 the different apparel that's available for runners these days. And in your case, you know, most people say, well, of course she's going to have her phone with her. Everybody always has their phone with them. If she, if she needs to make a phone call, she just needs to be reachable, whatever. But in the case of a songwriter, you got to make sure that you're running in something that has pockets because you absolutely got to have that phone with you. Oh, let me tell you, I always have different, um, what do they call those? Um, the ba- you have little uh, pouches that you put around your waist. Ah. So I actually have yeah, so I have a pouch. I always bring my phone, always. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the pouch formerly known as the fanny pack. <laughs> that, that was the name, the fanny pack. I couldn't think of the name. Thank you. <laughs> well, in, in having just told us about that song, Is There More to Life Than This? In the lead up to today's show, you told me that you love telling a story through your songs and that you write all your lyrics and melodies just tell the listeners about that because you know more more often than not my guests on this show are all co-writing and you know it's it's not always really storytelling it's just you know i needed a song and someone threw out the idea of this uh abstract concept and we wrote about it and that's it but it sounds like you're non-traditional if if you don't mind me using that term being that you do love telling a story through your songs and, and you write all your lyrics and melodies. You're not talking about co-writes, co-writes, co-writes. Right. Yeah, most of my my songs do come from life experiences. Um, heartache, uh, you know, the, I have two children. I have an 11-year-old son, so some of my songs, I, I could just look at him and then all of a sudden think of something or my daughter, I have a I have a daughter from when I was married. That's another story. I was young, um, very young when I got married, and I had a, I have a daughter from my first marriage. So I can look at her, and I I write songs uh, when about her. If there was a breakup that from from her side, when a guy got made made her feel something, I'll I'll come up with a song. So that's kind of where I go with how I write my songs. It's really life experiences. But have you always been someone that's always written by yourself or, or did you go through a period where you were doing co-writes and, and maybe decided I'm just going to go it alone or, or what? 
Well, you really want to know the truth. Okay. Uh, <laughs> actually, I... I <laughs> well, I'm asking this, and uh, forgive I, me for interrupting, I'm, I'm asking this because, you know, we do have a lot of listeners who themselves are songwriters, they're uh, coming up in the business, they're hopefully listening to my show, not only to to be introduced to these guests and, and hear your music, but to pick up some tips and say, well, you know, I am fighting the battle myself. I'm glad Bruce is raising this question because everyone says you have to co-write, co-write, co-write. And yet I have talked to people who have said, actually, no, I just really prefer to write on my own. So that's why I yeah, asked you the no, question I, that way. Yeah. Well, you know, look, I only, uh, I've been singing my whole life since I'm, since I'm a little girl. Um, but I, I only tapped into songwriting and melodies only when Randy Travis gave me the idea. And that'll be another, that's another story. But sure. um, I, I personally love writing myself. I love the feeling of coming up with the melodies and the, and the lyrics myself. It makes me feel, it's like, I feel so, it's a feeling of, it's almost like when I'm doing my five mile jog and I'm done, it's like that feeling of, wow, I did it. It's, it's just a feeling of proud, feeling so good and proud that, Hey, I didn't need anyone to write it with me. Uh. This is my own story. This is me. This is Bonnie writing, you know? So that's kind of, although I, I have to say I wouldn't mind writing with someone. If somebody wants to write with me, I won't turn it down. I don't, I'm not against it, mm-hmm. but I do love writing. Oh, I, like I love that. writing and creating it. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, let's, let's go ahead then. Since, you know, since we are talking about songwriting, let's, let's get into childhood sweethearts, which I mentioned in the intro that you co-wrote with Randy Travis. I certainly want you to talk about that, but you also state that you and him were friends too. We were. My mom and his ex-wife, Elizabeth Travis, uh, were friends, and we all became friends. It was a family that became friends. Uh. We were a family. Yes, we were family before before he had his um, stroke and, and his divorce, but we were family. Yes, very close. We would go to his Santa Fe ranch. Um, yeah, it was just a beautiful, it was a beautiful time that we all had together. And um, yeah. So, so then the co-write, you know, where, where were you with songwriting at that point in your career? Were you already songwriting or, or, or are you suggesting that writing that song with him, that's your initial foray into songwriting? Yep. That was it. Wow. It was, yeah. I always had it in me. It was always something that I knew I could do, but I think, um, maybe I was afraid to really do it. Maybe I thought it wasn't going to be good enough. But when Randy, when Randy said, Bonnie, you can do it, you have it. And then I thought, well, okay, I'm going to try. It's like that, that first, like, okay, you could do it. You know, it's like I, I was able to finally break through and do it. And once I did it, there was no stopping me. <laughs> this is really crazy, but it's, it's that mind of mine. Listeners, those of you who are regular listeners on the show, thank you. And, and hopefully you know by now. Uh, the, the bizarre mental Rolodex I have of not only past shows, but things like movie lines. And so what you're describing, Bonnie, I'm picturing the scene in What About Bob with Bill Murray, where Richard Dreyfuss's son wanted to learn how to dive, and they kept going down to that dock, and Richard Dreyfuss would try and try and try, and the boy would not dive, and all of a sudden Bill Murray does it, and he dove for the first time. And like you're saying, he just now is like, well, now I'm always going to dive in with you. I was like, now that Randy gave me my start, now I'm always going to songwrite. Exactly. Well, so exactly. But how does that conversation happen, though? Because if this is if this is Bonnie Paul who hasn't written a song yet, 
and your friend Randy Travis is Randy Travis, for Pete's sake. And, and I mean, does he come to you and say, why don't we write a song together? Because, you know, do you understand where I'm coming from? Why would he come and ask that to you when you haven't written anything yet? So just kind of help me through that. Okay, well, Randy produced me in the studio. He never produced an artist ever before, and he produced me in the studio wow. 20, actually 20 years ago. The other day, um, a song wow. that he wrote called Calm Before the Storm. Um, and I did release it overseas, and uh, he, he knew that music was something that you know I've always done, and he, he um, was um, very much rooting for me, and I remember saying to him, I really want to write. And I just tapped into it and, you know, on my own. And then one day I wrote, gave him this story that I wrote. It was a story. It was like a poem. Mm-hmm. And um, he took it. And then that's when he said, Bonnie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this with you. And we, um, we, we, we started to write Childhood Sweethearts when I was jogging. He had called me on my cell. And I was jogging. My son was about two years old at the time. And I swear I was superwoman jogging. I've never, <laughs> I've never jogged so fast in my life, having Randy Travis on the other side of my cell, <laughs> singing with his guitar, the song I, the, the poem I wrote, and turning it into a song. I wow. swear I must have ran that five miles in I don't know how fast. And I was wow. going uphill. Wow. The feeling of having Randy Travis turn this into a song, I, I can't even tell you. It was a, it's a feeling I'll never forget. And he was uh-huh. on a tour bus at the time in Canada. The okay. best memory I'll ever have. And you were out... You and were that's out, how it happened. You were out running where? In California? Uh, uh, yeah, I live in Los Angeles, so I was here in, in, in California. And so then that initial discussion where you said, look, I have this that I wrote, you know, maybe you take a look at it for me. Was that a, was that a face-to-face conversation? It was actually um, a telephone conversation, and I had I faxed it to him the actual the poem the, the okay. story I faxed it to okay. him on his tour bus. Wow, yeah. on the tour bus! Oh my gosh! Yeah, and from oh. that tour bus, that that song, and you know, Randy, Randy loved that song because really it's about my mom and dad, and Randy uh. loved my father. And my, thank God my parents are still well, and I say loved, but he's you know before his stroke. Yeah. He, he, he had um, this love for my parents as, as if they were his mom and dad. Um, so when we, wrote, when we wrote that song, it, it was very touching for him, too. Beautiful. Wow, what a great story. Yeah. That's, that's tremendous. So as, as long as we're talking about the past, let, let's get into the other names that I was mentioning in the intro. Talk about when you worked with Waylon Jennings, Tom T. Hall, and Mickey Newberry. Yeah, I was about 16, 17 years old in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, that was only about four years ago. No, just kidding. Uh, back in the 80s. Um, and, you know, look, I don't like using the word could have been, should have been, uh, would have been. But I, I was on my way of being a country star. I was with Waylon Jennings, Mickey Newberry, and I was discovered by Johnny Rodriguez. And I was recording, and it was just, back then, it was when all the country legends would sing in their hotel rooms and do jam sessions and write country songs. I'll never forget, it was called, I think, the Spence Manor. It was a hotel on Music Row. And, um, yeah, at that time, I was uh, climbing, climbing the, <laughs> I don't know the right word, but I was on my way. And uh, that, was a, that was another amazing memory to, to hold on to. Yeah, and I must say, when I hear the name Mickey Newberry, I, I, it gets my attention. I have come to know his son, Chris, and, and I see Chris uh, every year when I go to 
the Songwriters Festival in Alabama and 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 what a talent Chris is. But obviously, uh, you know, huge respect for Mickey. One question, Bonnie, when you're talking about Nashville and and all these legends that we're talking about. So then just put the pieces together for me because you were in Nashville then, yet you live in California. So what am I missing? What happened where in terms of, uh, I, I assume you were living in Nashville then? Well, no, at the time I was living in Los Angeles, but my parents, uh, the country music was a, it was a, it was very important in my life at the time. So we went to Nashville, my mom and dad, uh. and, uh, we went to Nashville uh, there were a couple of producers that were produced. Razzie Bailey, uh, another another singer at the time, was producing me. Um, yeah, so it, it was a it was a time of just an amazing time of of just having those legends rooting for me at that time. Also, the little blonde with a big voice, and there was a um, Acuff and Rose, who was a very famous publishing company, Wesley Rose. Uh, Wesley Rose and eight, wait, was it, it was a Wesley or a cup and Rose, a very big publishing company. I remember we walked on the grand old Opry mm. and I sat, stood in that circle and I looked out and I thought, you know, Bonnie, in my mind, I said, one day you'll sing here, but wow. Bruce, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't <laughs> happened yet, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving it up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The key word there is yet. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Like it. Yeah. I like it. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Los Angeles is singer-songwriter Bonnie Paul. Visit her official website at www.bonniepaulcountrymusic.com. She is also on social media, too. Find Bonnie on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find Bonnie's music streaming on Spotify, plus you can purchase her music on iTunes. Listeners, those of you who have been here for a while, you remember that after I came back from the NAM show in California in January, I kind of uh, said that we're going to do a little bit of a of a relaunch, so to speak. You might call it NHTE 2.0, so uh, not scripting out all of the plugs for this show anymore. So I'm reminding you that if you're going to buy anything at all from Amazon, I'd really appreciate it if you go to NHTE.net and click on the tall Amazon banner first to get over there and they will give a small kickback to the show. You can contribute directly through the Now Hear This Entertainment Patreon campaign. It's online at patreon.com slash NHTE, or just go to our website, nhte.net, and click on the Patreon button to go over there. Right next to the Patreon button is a button for our Facebook group. It's called NHTE Listeners. So click on that, or if you'd just rather go directly onto Facebook and search for us, just punch in nhte.listeners and join that group. Podcast at nhte.net is the email address if you want to write in with questions, comments, rumors, innuendo, party jokes, as an old professor of mine used to say. That's podcast at nhte.net. Remember to sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net. And of course, if you don't want to sit in front of your laptop and listen to the show there on the website... There are icons you can click on to go get it instead from iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, or TuneIn Radio. Do be sure that you are subscribing and please tell a friend. Our social media, there's icons there for it too. Our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Bonnie, speaking of some stories from your younger years, let's hear about your showbiz family and and your having been a child actress. My mom uh, was a casting director. She discovered Michelle Pfeiffer. Wow. My two brothers, yeah, my two brothers are producers and 
my 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 middle brother. I'm the youngest. I have two older brothers, but my middle brother, Stephen Paul, was a child actor, and um, he turned to producer, and he's uh, still producing today. My family, uh, mu- music producer, or film producer, film producer. He's been a, um, a film producer, indie independent company over. 35 years in Los Angeles, California, and they've done over 100 films. Wow. Yeah, so uh, I was a child actress. I've done a lot of TV shows, and I still act today. Boy, oh boy. A, a Joan of all trades, yeah. as they say. <laughs> but 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 was the was the music you know because because it's such a, a showbiz family as we're saying was the music your choice or or were you kind of coaxed into it encouraged strongly urged into music at a young age? No, well, I grew up in New York as a little girl, and my parents would drive. We would drive cross country to, to either we go to Florida or we go to Los Angeles, and they had the country music station on and. I always would hear it at the truck stops, and it just it just took to me, and I would sing, and I loved it. It was just something I loved. I ever since I was about six years old, I I always loved country music. So I think it just it, it's just it, it's just in me. Wow, wow, and and now yeah. here you are, twenty years later, at the age of twenty six, still now you're performing country music. <laughs> uh, before That's I forget, it, yeah. before I forget, I did mention back in the intro that you're a voting Grammy member. Ironically, this morning. On the news, I saw them talking about uh, how they're now going to let the uh, Grammy voting be available online because they want more of their membership to participate. How long, I I have questions about all this, how long have you been a voting Grammy member? How did you become a voting Grammy member? Just tell the listeners all about having that distinction, what all that entails. Well, I'm going on my second year of being a voting Grammy member, and I I had to submit all, all my music on all music. Um, a lot of the singles had to be sell, sold like all over the world. A certain amount of singles have to be sold, and a certain amount of songs. And I I had all that, and I did all my homework, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I submitted, and uh, and I I was uh, I was accepted, and it was so exciting because I was able to submit my own my songs for Grammy uh, consideration last ah. year and uh yeah so that's the good thing you're able to submit your songs I, you don't vote for yourself obviously and i would never do that mm-hmm. but i love I, I love being a part of the grammys i love it i love voting also because you know you get to see your peers and, and and to root for everybody else wow wow well that's that's got to be you know a, a nice new I don't want to say addition to your resume because it sounds like you're very proud of it and you're very active with it. I, I would say it's probably got to be an exciting new, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm going to say aspect of your career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. to be performing all that time and, and obviously everybody, you know, the creme de la creme is, is I'd like to win a Grammy. And so to, to yeah. be able to, to participate and as you say, you know, be able to put your own songs in, that's, that's a nice perk. Yeah, it is a nice perk, and it's and it's and it's fun. You know, it's not like it's not where look. Everybody would love a Grammy, but like I how like I said in the beginning, I am grateful for for what I what I have, and even if I even if I never win a Grammy, at least I'm part of it, and at least I'm able to to vote for others and 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 and, and be able to share my music. Do you, do you know? So it's it, it's just I'm, I'm grateful for just being a part of it. I wonder. Are you at this long enough? I know you said it's it's 
been a couple years now, but I'm going to say it's only been a couple years. So has there been any aspect of it that you have found that, hey, it's really enabled me to meet some people in the business that I otherwise wouldn't have met? Um, not really. Um, I think social media, you get to meet a lot more, honestly. I see the Grammys is a member, is a member's family. So the members, and, and, and I mean, some actually, you know, maybe I should take that back. I, I have met a few and, and they do find you through your social media and they will connect with you. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit, but I wouldn't say that's a hundred percent of, you know, that, that, way. I think more of through Twitter and through Instagram and your Facebook. I think that's how you find your connections. Well, let's let's put that in the category that, that we put uh, performing at the Grand Ole Opry. You, you haven't met a whole lot of people as a result of being a voting Grammy member yet. <laughs> yet, exactly, yet. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, and I should have done this one three weeks ago when entertainment attorney Ryan Carella was the guest on this show, but take care of your important stuff off the stage now. You're off the stage business. Don't procrastinate. Things like setting yourself up, you as a business, as a company, or consulting with a tax advisor, or finding out about insurance coverage on lost or damaged instruments, don't find out the hard way that you should have done these things sooner. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40, 41 to 80, and 81 to 120, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. Bonnie, you you mentioned this name earlier in the 1980s. You toured with Johnny Rodriguez. Take us back to that. Yes, Painesville, Kentucky. Toured with him on his bus. Waylon was on. Waylon was on the bus. I was singing, and I'll never forget. Waylon says, "Wow, this little blonde has a big voice." <laughs> I, I, I just never forgot that. And. Um, Touring with Johnny was an amazing experience, and we also, my, my brother Stephen Paul did a, it was a life story on Johnny Rodriguez, so my brother produced a, it was going to be like for TV, and it was Johnny Rodriguez's life story, and we traveled and went to Mickey Newberry's log cabin, and that's where all the magic was happening, and, and it was just a magical time, and Johnny produced me in the recording studio, uh, sang a couple of songs. And yeah, that Johnny Rodriguez, that now that is a voice. I have to say Johnny Johnny had an amazing talent. But here's the part that the listeners should should know. Tell 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 my listeners, Bonnie, how old you were when you were touring with Johnny because I think this is amazing. I was 16 when I toured with Johnny Rodriguez. Yeah, that's There's there's not a whole lot of 16-year-olds that are they're 
touring with with artists of of that magnitude, you know, regardless of of what era it is. Did did you know that at the time? Did you realize that this is a big deal? Yes, I did. Um, and I also, when when Johnny came out to Los Angeles, uh, he would perform at the Palomino Club. And I also, I'll never forget, it was an Easter Sunday, the 18th. It was an 18th. Actually, it's my lucky number, 18. Um, and I performed with him at the Palomino. So, yes, I did know. But, you know, when you're younger, you don't know as much as you would know as if it was me today. Yeah. But yeah. I did know. I did know. Um, but I fell in love at a young age. So I kind of, little things got a little bit, um, I don't want to use distorted, but sometimes I think you lose. I did know, but somehow I got a little off the track when I fell in love at a young age. Well, one, one, I guess, situation that's coming to my mind is, you know, being 16 and, and touring with him, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because it sounds like you were on the tour bus and you, you haven't mentioned yet. And, and that's why I want you to correct me if this is not the case, but you haven't mentioned that, you know, my mom was with, was with me too, or my dad was with me or, or both of my brother, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, I'm thinking nowadays I interview so many young artists on this show. In fact, last week, uh, Katie Bell, who is a singer songwriter in Atlanta, and she talked about how she's homeschooled for so many years. And you do hear about parents when, when someone's as young as you were as 16, that, well, it wasn't just me on the tour bus. You know, my mom was obviously with me. Was that the case, or was it just you? Bruce, my mom and dad were behind the tour bus in their Mercedes. Ah. They were just- <laughs> ah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, that's different. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's kind of fun, you know, that, that they said, ah, let's let Bonnie go and have the experience. Let's let her ride on the tour bus. That That's neat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were right behind the tour bus. Okay. But, you know, everybody knew that I, I was young and everybody protected me. So it was a protection where all those those country oh, legends were wonderful. protecting. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. That's so nice to hear. So was this at a time uh, that it was a summertime and, and school wasn't a factor? Did it did it conflict with school? And, and if so, how did you handle that? Um, those those types of things? Yeah, it was summertime. Okay. It was summertime. Okay. Yeah. I've been saying that you're a singer-songwriter, but you actually play as well. <laughs> Tell the listeners about the two guitars that, that you mentioned to me earlier this week that you have. Oh, the two guitars. Well, the Martin is a, a classic. My mom bought it to me for my 16th birthday. In fact, Randy, Randy Travis, he signed it. It's, that's, I love that one. That one I have out on the stand. And I also bought a Martin Gibson that I actually don't touch. It's in its case, and, and, it, and it's got my Coca-Cola patches on there. Don't ask me why. I mean, I'll take it out. I used it for a music video that I did. But it's almost like it's my, I, I don't want to touch it yet. I don't know why, but I, the wow. Martin is the one that's always staying out. So the one that the one that you really try not to touch, how long have you had that one for? Three years. <laughs> Three years? Yeah. Wow. It's like having like a brand new pair of cowboy boots that you just don't <laughs> want to wear yet. And then as soon as you wear them, then you're just going to just wear them every day. True, true. But they'll, they'll come that moment. But I do take it out. But it's not like, I just kind of keep it where it's protected. And it's just, it's such a beautiful, it's like, it's, it's like a wine color and it's got the hummingbirds on it. It's just such a beautiful piece. Well, it's so, just really, it's really, yeah. So the first one that you mentioned, you said your mom bought it for you when you were 16. Is that what you were playing when you were on tour with Johnny Rodriguez? That's the one. Okay. Okay. And, and is that, is that your, your everyday guitar right now or are you playing something yeah, else? That's the, 
That's my everyday. That's wow. the one I have out on its stand. Yeah. Wow, it stood the test of time, huh? Yeah, me and Willie Nelson with the old with the old guitar. <laughs> <laughs> have you crossed paths with him at any point in your career? You know what? No, I haven't. Wait uh, a Dolly, minute. Uh, Dolly? Wait. Wait, this is yes. the third one we'll put on the we'll, we'll, this is the third one that we'll put on the not yet list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, not yet. Not yet. I love it. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. I am Bruce Warzniak. <laughs> Joining me today in the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Los Angeles is singer, songwriter, and now I have to say guitarist, <laughs> Bonnie Paul. Visit her official <laughs> website at www.bonniepaulcountrymusic.com. As I mentioned before, yes, she is on social media as well. Find Bonnie on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find Bonnie's music streaming on Spotify. Plus, you can purchase her music on iTunes. There is a variety there to choose from. For this show, do please go to Amazon via the tall Amazon banner that's on nhte.net. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but the folks at Amazon are kind enough to give me a few pennies for my piggy bank. Uh, Patreon.com is how you can make a contribution to our show. Patreon.com slash nhte or just go to nhte.net. Click on the Patreon button there, which is right alongside the button to click on to go to our Facebook group, which is called NHTE Listeners. If you want to write in about anything at all regarding the show, send it to podcast at nhte.net. Remember that there is an e-newsletter that you can sign up for at nhte.net. And as I mentioned before, you can sit in front of your computer and listen to the show at nhte.net. However, if you want to take it with you on the go, there are icons that you can click on at nhte.net to go get it instead from iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, or TuneIn Radio. Please do subscribe and tell a friend and engage with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. There are icons for all of those that you can click on at nhte.net. Bonnie, this is kind of interesting to me. Five weeks ago on episode 171, my guest was Heather Jeanette, who is also based in California, And I asked her why a country artist in California is recording in Nashville. And she said, well, duh, because it's the capital of country music. So you being Uh a country artist in California, where do you do your recording? I record with Marty Rifkin in Santa Monica. And Marty Marty is a pedal steel. He plays every instrument you can think of. And I work with Marty in Santa Monica. And is is that a California. long-standing relationship? You've you've recorded with him, you know, as long as you can remember. Well, we've been working together for two years. Yeah, it's about two years, and I'll be going in uh, Saturday, finishing up another song. Uh, but prior to that, where did you record? Still in California, but just with I, someone else. I yes, I've been recording in Los Angeles for the last you know six six years. Um, uh, working in, in the Valley with another producer, Edward Tree. So, yeah, no, I've been in California doing country music. Okay, so then I guess we'll flip it around and say, you know, was there ever the thinking that, well, you know, even though I live in California, maybe I should be going back and forth to Nashville to record there since that's the first place that people think of for country music or, or you've just been, you know, hey, all my needs are met in California, why go there? Well, you know, look, I think it's uh, country music. If you have the producers out here and, and you're great musicians, you can do a great song. It doesn't matter where you're at. If you have it in a studio and you got the song, I mean, you could do it here. I don't mind Nashville. I would. Lo- I love Nashville. I would do it if I had the opportunity. But actually, it's it's very easy to be in Los Angeles. 
and record here. It comes out amazing with these um, musicians we have in California. You know, yeah, we have no, a lot I, of national musicians. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. I, I and listeners, Bonnie and I are meeting each other for the first time. We didn't set that up. I, I'm glad that you said it that way, Bonnie, because. You know, as we've talked about before, the flip side of Nashville is that people think that all that's done there is country music, which, of course, is not the case. And, you know, in California, right. you're saying, hey, look, you know, as long as you've got the right people in the right studio and, and it sounds great, then it doesn't matter what genre it is that, that's being recorded out there. Right. Uh, we're in the home stretch and uh, we've, we've covered a, a lot of fascinating points. But one more is that you have a romantic comedy playing on Amazon. I do. It's called The Final Song, and if you like crazy Woody Allen type of humor, that's the kind of movie. Um, it's a silly, it's silly, but yes, it's called The Final Song. Uh, a struggling, I'm a struggling, a struggling singer trying to make it, and I have a wacky manager that just books me into crazy clubs, and one thing after the other just doesn't work out, and then finally at the end of the movie, well, then you'll have to just watch to see what happens <laughs> at the end of the movie. <laughs> so your your involvement is you wrote the screenplay, you act in it both. What what what's the case? No, actually, um, I have my older brother who wrote it and directed it, and he does star in it with me. Uh, I star and I sing in it. And, and you know what, the song that I recorded called The Final Song, I did record in Nashville, and it happened to be Kyle Lenning, who is Randy Travis's producer. So I did uh. record that song in Nashville for the movie, because the Nashville, that, that I had to go there for them. But but yeah, The Final Song is a, a romantic, silly comedy, if you just want to kind of chuckle. But did the film come first and then the song, or was it the whole idea of the film came as a result of that song? The film came first, and the song came after. Okay, and so when yeah. when was the when was this project this this film when was this birthed? Uh, about eight years ago, seven years ago. Yeah. And filming was done in Los Angeles, I assume. Yes, the filming was done all of Los Angeles. So, so whose idea was it? Yours or your brother's? My brother, because my brother is a, um, he's a, he, he wanted to, he wanted to reclaim my destiny because we didn't really talk about this, but maybe your listeners will want to know a little bit more. I gave up my career when I got married at a young age. So I gave up my country music, but I never really lost it because my family was in entertainment and I always kept the music because you know, you never really lose it when you have it within your heart and your soul. But my brother wanted to reclaim my destiny when I got divorced um, and my ex left me at that time, my brother was really upset for me. <laughs> mm. So he said, you know what, we're going to reclaim your destiny and we're going to do a movie that's going to show show everyone really what you're capable of. So I said, okay, whatever. And I happened to be driving to Santa Fe, saw a rainbow, and my brother called me in the car and goes, we're doing this movie. I went, okay. Wow. So that's how it came about. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, what, what great stories. You know, it's, it's no surprise to me now that, that we've been talking as long as we have that, as, as I mentioned very early on in, in the first part of the show, that as you, as you mentioned, that you love telling a story through your songs because these stories that you've been sharing with, with me, with the listening audience, are, are, are all uh, very entertaining. And, and as I say, I can, I can see the carryover that, that that's, you know, your personality and, and that personality flows through in, in what you write musically. Thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, one final non-music question, Bonnie, before we get ready to close. Uh, you've talked a lot about your your long distance running, which uh, gosh, sounds like it's sounds like you've been doing that for years. And uh, you you mentioned about um, you you mentioned Coca Cola before, and, and listeners, I wanted to bring this up because um, Bonnie is actually a collector of vintage Coca Cola memorabilia. Yes, I love it. I have a antique um, Coca Cola soda machine in my kitchen. Wow! I just love it. I, I have all different pieces of Coca Cola. I have a cash register, a Coca Cola cash register. Wow! Yeah, my condo looks like a general store out of like out of <laughs> the Nashville, Tennessee. My my little condo with all my my stuff. You wouldn't think you wouldn't think it would be in the middle of Los Angeles. Do, do you it's remember? So do you remember when, why, and how you got interested in? in all things Coca-Cola, if, if I'm not overstating it? No, I think because driving cross-country, I think stopping at the truck stops, you know, Route 66, all that stuff. I think it, the old gas stations, I think it just kind of just stood with me when I was a little girl. It just went with country music, the American dream, Americana. You know, it just all went together. So are you hardcore Coca-Cola that, you know, if you walk into some place that all they serve is Pepsi, you're, you're saying, never mind, I'll just have water? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, honestly, don't tell anyone. I don't even drink Coca Cola or Pepsi. <laughs> no kidding. I don't really drink that. No, I no just kidding. love. I just love the stuff. Well, you uh, meaning you love the the, the marketing collateral. Exactly. Thank yeah. you, Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome, uh, Bonnie. We're going to close with a song today of yours called "I Still Think About You Every Day, Merle." Before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. I was driving in my car and I just started humming and I saw a train pass and I just started to sing a song about Merle Haggard because I remember I read that he loved the trains and just it just came to me and then I just loved his music and it was so sad when he passed away and I thought, you know what, I'm going to write a song for him, for, for him and maybe whoever whoever is feeling the same way I'm feeling because I know a lot of people were sad that, that he passed away. So that's how the song came about when I saw a train pass. And listeners, once in a blue moon over the 175 episodes of the show, I have let you in on just a slight little behind-the-scenes peek at the at the operation of Now Hear This Entertainment. And and you, if if you're a real, real, real regular listener, you might know about the guest sending me their songs in advance so that I know which songs we're going to play and which songs we're going to talk about. And Bonnie, when you sent me your email saying, these are the two songs that I want to play, and of course, I'm reading this before I'm opening the attachments, so I'm seeing this in your email that says that that, that this closing song that you want played is called I Still Think About You Every Day, Merle. And my first interpretation was, ah, I wonder who this person was in her life, because it, it obviously implies that this person must be gone. And probably about 60 seconds later, I thought to myself, or could she be talking about Merle Haggard? And, and mm. lo and behold, there you go. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bonnie, this has been wonderful, and I'm very grateful that we had the time to talk. Thanks ever so much for doing this today. Thank you. I, I really enjoyed it. I wish I could talk to you for another hour. <laughs> well, we, we'll, have, we'll have to have you back someday for, for, for Bonnie Paul Part 2. How's that? <laughs> love it. I would love it. I'd awesome. love it. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player, Bonnie Paul. 
do visit her official website. It's www.bonniepaulcountrymusic.com and then engage with her on social media. So that means like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that Bonnie's music is streaming on Spotify. And of course, purchase her music, which you can get from iTunes. Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share, well, they call it, you can repost episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud. Engage with the show too. Go to nhte.net and click on the icon to go join the Facebook group. You can also write in via the email address podcast at nhte.net. Get with us on the various social media platforms that you'll find links to at nhte.net, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Please also consider supporting the show with a donation through Patreon. There's a button at nhte.net for that. And check out the t-shirts and hats at nhte.net too. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song by Bonnie Paul. This is the one she just talked about. It's called I Still Think About You Every Day, Merle.
whiskey Mamas and trains Girl, I still think about you with 